That's Questionable, a podcast exploring religion, asking difficult questions, and encouraging honesty. You can join the conversation at thatsquestionable.com, That's Questionable Podcast on Instagram, or at That's Question01 on Twitter. Hey, welcome to That's Questionable Podcast. Here with my friends Nathan and David. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. Good. Good to see you guys. It's been, been too long. It has. It has been. We've had snowmageddon and... Too much snow and ice. Viruses coming through. Oh, man. Households. Yep. Yeah, the good viruses, not the bad viruses. So, you know. <clears throat> Although it is interesting, we haven't had a flu season this year. Which Mass is nice. do work. Yeah. So... You know, you got to look at those silver linings. <laughs> Meaning your family? Or? No, no, no. I oh. mean, as in like oh. the country, like yeah. as in they said the flu seat, we, we just didn't get one. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure people got the flu, but it just, I mean, I'm assuming with every, a lot of people wearing masks around the country, yeah, it just limited the spread. Uh, spread. So, yeah. 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 Well, hopefully we'll, we'll learn some things and, and reduce sickness quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, you know, this is the one thing you never want to do when you're referencing an article, but I saw an article the other day um, that basically the the, the title of the article is, so why have we been sending our kids to school sick? You know, meaning like, you know, for years, oh, you're okay. Just, you know, you go to school sick and then you, you know, you end up getting three other kids sick and that's just, everybody was fine with it. You know, now people are going, so why were we doing that? (laughs) So, yeah. Um. I think all of this is going to be interesting how people think of things going yeah. forward. Well, you know, yeah, I think a couple of factors there. First off, it's once you're sick, you don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, you hear, uh, it, we've never understood this. We've, we've said it for ever since we've, we've had kids. Uh, you, you hear parents that are just bummed when the kid's, don't have to go to school and mm-hmm. you know oh, summer's over thank god and it's like man we never felt that way it was yeah. always we didn't need oh man i wish summer was way longer and yeah. snow days are the best and yeah 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 so anyways probably some of that happening mm-hmm. oh yeah so what's the uh what's the question for the day well uh Is there anything you miss uh, post deconstruction? You know, since since deconstructing your religion, is there anything you miss? Sure, being better than everybody else. I'm sorry. To- <laughs> can, we, can we edit that out? No. Omaha. Omaha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, the church that I grew up in that I still know quite a few of them pretty well. I mean, I don't live in Ohio anymore, but, um, you know, um, I felt like the church that I grew up in did, did some things really right. Uh, you know, I grew over years, I doctrinally, I just absolutely disagree with it. I mean, in a lot of those things, I mean, now I think it's just a bunch of, a lot of, it's just a bunch of. Silliness, but one thing that they did do right is is they did do community right, uh, and you do miss that, you know. And in fact, a lot of people that I've spoken with, 
um, sorry, I know it was hitches, uh, spoken with, it's, that's one of the first things that people kind of go, mm-hmm. all right, okay, I'm deconstructing. I had to get out of there. I couldn't do that anymore. But you know what? The community definitely, uh, there was, there was a positive there. So I think if everybody was honest to some degree, there's some of that, that you, you know, you miss, you know, you had people in your life, but growing up at the church that I went to growing up, you know, you, nobody, nobody moved without 10 people being there to help, you know, mm-hmm. you know, people, you know, you never had birthdays without people celebrating birthdays. You know, it's like nobody had a baby, no family had a baby without, you know, 10, 15 people wanting to bring meals all the time and provide and be support, you know, uh, and all of that. Like you can't, you can't say, ah, I hated all that. No, that was, that was good stuff. You just kind of wish that that happened in the normal world more. And, you know, I'm sure it does, but you know, that's, that's one thing that you do have to get used to, or you have to make an effort more to be a part of, uh, in just normal life is that style of community. And I agree with you. The thing I hear most from people that have deconstructed their faith and, and left church is almost always, uh, the community that faith community that you have, that brotherhood, that sisterhood, that leaning on each other. Um, you know, I think sometimes we look back on things with rose, rose-colored glasses. Is that the expression? Yeah. Because we also, with that, there's a lot of drama with that. I, I could mess up that saying somehow for you guys if you needed me to. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, yeah, I didn't want to pull a Nathan on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rose-covered glasses. <laughs> yeah, rose-covered yeah. glasses. Yeah. Every but, rose has its glasses. Wait. And thorn. <laughs> uh, but but I think we, I think, well, I don't mean to say we, I tend to forget about the, all the drama and the other things that happen in that in that kind of community. And although, you know, there was a bunch of people that you felt like had your back at the end of the day, you know, they really didn't. I mean, why would you not still have that community when you deconvert? It's because yeah. they all leave. You know, they're, they're no longer part of your, part of your family anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that um, the church I gr- grew up with had that. When I moved to Tennessee and started going to church, the people, the amount of people that I felt that actually truly cared about me or then later on cared about Hannah and my family, um, I thought was a very, very small circle. So Jim, you being one of them for years, thank you. But um, <clears throat> but the, the church I grew up in, and I, I'm telling you, you had, there was the, that circle that just seemed bigger. Maybe that's just because I just remember things a certain way when I was younger and growing up, but all through high school, um, I can't, I can't, um, there was a lot of, there was just a lot of, um, great interaction between people that really had nothing to do with doctrine or theology. 
or any of that stuff. It was just because I think at the end of the day, people wanted to be loved. People wanted to help. They, people wanted to be involved in other people's lives because it made sense. Mm-hmm. It's just that we just, it's, but the, uh, the thing is, is I think a part of that is, is we could, a lot of times we can find that to church, um, spheres, you know, um, people were very quick to help each other that they went to church with, but you know, outside of that, maybe, maybe not as much, but, um, but still, um, um, I also grew up in a smaller town outside of Columbus, Ohio, that everybody knew everybody. So there was a lot of community in, uh, growing up for me anyways, but, um, but church wise, I mean, that's just, that's just something. And then, you know, getting together, having meals, we did that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We actually did a communion at our church, I think, once. I think it was once a quarter we did it where everybody, we got in the, you know, the big hall, set up the tables, everybody ate together. It's a lot know. of fun. No, yeah. it was. It's and everybody liked it. And, the atmospheres yeah. were very nice. It was very friendly. It was very supportive. You a know. lot of kegs come out. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. the bottles of wine. I was insane. <laughs> how, no, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but it was, uh, you know, there are aspects that, that you just, those are enjoyable things. So, and, and I do know we've had conversations for years about just always trying to be a part of that and replicate that. Not because, you know, because we're being ordered to do something, but because it's just, it's good for the soul. It's good for us to do those things. So, Yeah. Yeah. When, when you, you know, that last thing you said that, you know, to replicate that, if it had been a couple of years ago, I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. But now, um, I guess I'm more in a position that I just want my relationships to be true. Yeah. I don't want to be bound to people because we go to the same church together. I want to be bound to people because, you know, we, we care for each other and we love each other and we, we want to to live life. I mean, it's like our three families, we see each other, you know, as much as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I know that if it was the middle of night and I needed help with something, you know, I I have, you know, two people I can call, uh, uh, for help. Mm -hmm. And so, or, or for counsel or whatever that, whatever that is. And, and I'm kind of at the phase now where I'd, I'd rather it be real yeah. than I'd rather, I guess, quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Watch out. Council's kind of a churchy word. <laughs> yeah, <You> it know. is. <laughs> uh, mentorship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, discipleship. That's not a churchy at all, is yeah. it? Yeah. I'll tell you, that's one thing I don't miss is the, the forced discipleship within churches. I mean, I just... I just, I felt like that was one thing that people just forced upon people to be a part of and do. But anyways, that's not the question of the day. It's what do we miss? What do you miss? Um, What do you miss, Jim? Um, To some extent, I miss the naivety. Um, You know, just you, you kind of touched on a little bit, David, um, the the naivety of thinking, man, these people love me. Man, these people have my back. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, having your eyes open to, oh, yeah, you know what? They really don't. <laughs> Only as long as you are delivering. Yeah. Um, 
so there's that to, to some degree. Um, my daughter and there, here's, here's where this question came from, uh, for me is uh, this has been a really difficult year, uh, for, uh, students, um, you know, schools on schools off, uh, okay, we're doing one day at home and a, then a day at class. And yeah. it's, it really has been a nightmare for students and you know, keeping track of, of, of your assignments and all that stuff done. My, my, my youngest is a junior in high school this year. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a, a an emotional, uh, anxious kind of year. And mm-hmm. she was, she had been, uh, you know, doing school from home for quite a while. And, and then when they, uh, when they went back live, she was very anxious about that. And, um, and so I, I, well, I, I realized that, man, I miss uh, that there's a language that I could have easily spoken to her years ago that isn't there anymore. Uh, and so it, it was, it was like, you know, I, I just, uh, I want to be that comfort for her. Uh, I don't want to tell her how to think or, or anything like that, but I, I, I do want her to be able to find some peace and find some comfort in, uh, in the same places that I have, uh, where I'm at right now. Hmm. And so it was... Uh, it turned out, I think, it ended up being great. Um, you know, we we just had a, a really good conversation. You know, her sitting in her car at, the, at school and me trying to get her to open the door and go in, uh, you know, on the phone with her. And, uh, you know, it, it turned out well. And we were able to, to look back. And, and But I, it, it, in the middle of that conversation, I was thinking, man, Becca, boy, if this was 11 years ago here's what I've been, would have been saying to you, but I want you to know that because the language is different, uh, you know, I don't believe that the concept is different. You know, I believe that, I believe that there's, there's peace for you. I believe that that's something you can, you can find and grab a hold of and take in your heart and in your mind, you, you know, you get to decide what you, what you're going to think. And, uh, so that that's kind of where the question came from for me yeah. at the time. I was thinking, man, you, you know, as you say that, I I really realized that I may have a list of things that I, on the surface, I miss, but when I really dial into it, and or when I really dig down into it, probably the the right way to say it, um, they're actually the things that I don't miss. Um, we we were talking before <clears throat> before we started recording, and and one of the things I'd said was about you know the the certainty. Um, I think if it was early on in my deconstruction, I would have said certain the certainty of knowing that I was right, hmm. that I had the truth, mm-hmm. and if it was the first probably six to 12 months after that, I would have said, man, I missed that. And, and now, um, I would say I don't, 
I don't miss this the certainty anymore. Uh, I, I really kind of like the uncertainty of 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 being able to say that I don't know and I can explore different things and I can I can investigate different things and I can study different things and I'm not locked into hey this is the only truth this is the only you know way to God and um you know what I thought would have been something I missed is is actually now something that that I really really you know to use a biblical word I covet not knowing and investigating trying to get that understanding does that make sense it does yeah because yeah, you know where we came from where all three of us came from we were not allowed that was not really allowed to to you could discover truth as long as what it was within a certain box but once you got outside of that you couldn't really explore well I couldn't really felt like I really couldn't explore, you know, different. I said, you know, again, I said I wouldn't do that, uh, but I couldn't really explore other faiths and I couldn't explore what if the scripture really meant this as opposed to this, because I was, I was locked into, there was one way to interpret scripture and that's all there was. And, and, um, the freedom to not have that. Uh, the only word I can come up with is really bondage, almost of being tied to that, to that, to that. Now I, I don't, I don't wish to go back to that anymore. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with, with understanding that, that I can, I can investigate other things and I can study other things and I can, I can really enjoy knowing that I don't know. And if you had, if you had said that to me two years ago, I would have said you are crazy. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. But now I'm I'm. Why should I think I should know? I mean, why why should I be certain? I, I mean, that's arrogance to me to think that I know the end from the beginning. Well, and I think that that's, uh, you know, that's that's why people don't leave things or deconstruct willingly because I think they, you know, they're they're afraid to lose the things, you know, that, you know, think about like how many people are sitting there at churches, they don't believe what's being taught. They disagree with some of the actions or the, you know, the moral arguments of what's going on, but then they weigh that against everything that they could possibly lose. And they are literally based with a choice. I mean, you know, it's like how many stories have we heard of well-to-do church employees that they don't even believe, they don't believe any of it, but they can't afford to not they can't they have to keep the job they have to do that and so you know it's like you know we're sitting here going man what what do we miss and it's like well you know i'm going oh well you know man i remember it was fun you know had you know that community was really nice you know some people are deathly afraid if they lost that they wouldn't know what to do 
So um, I'm hoping that maybe within this, you know, people can realize that there is, you always get to the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the grass is greener on the other side. I'm just saying, you know, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm, I'm trying to be careful with what I say here, but, but, um, you know, the other day I was, <laughs> I, yeah. the other day I went back and, um, well, yesterday and went to the website of the church that we all used to go to. And, and there was a momentary almost regret that as a part of what they were, they were saying they were doing was providing, uh, meals and, and, um, assistance to people in Texas. And it was some number like 5,000, 5,100, whatever that number was. And there was a moment there, I'm like, God, you know, that's some, that's some great things. I mean, that, you know, do people like me really gather together and really provide that? And then I realized that, uh, (laughs) I shouldn't believe what they say. (laughs) I mean, I mean, if I want to help provide meals, I, I mean, I can... There's a, there's some really good nonprofits here like Second Harvest and people like that, I, or you know the Rescue Mission and I can I can give money to those or give food to those and I can do I can do the same thing. I don't have to be within a church paradigm to do that. That's right. That's absolutely that's that is a 100 percent true fact. Yeah, and I've done that. I mean, I, our our company has done that, and through that, you know, I've I've you know giving some food and things like that to the National Rescue Mission because we've been tied into that as a company and uh, and just seeing what the homeless go through, especially in the winter months, you know, I, I, I have a real burden for those. And, and now the interesting thing is now with COVID and all that, there's even more complete families living on the street right now yeah. because they got evicted from their homes or they couldn't afford to pay their rent so and there's still ways for us to to do that i think sometimes when you're outside the church there's not that organization to to push you to do that yeah 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 or to organize you to do that you know ultimately it's is it uh is it the easy way out you know i want somebody to create a community for me and i just want to show up uh, you know, I don't want to have to figure out what I'm going to be involved in. I just want them to tell me what to be involved in yeah. and, uh, and I'll just follow along. And then more often than not, you know what, <clears throat> there's a lot of business to be had here too. You know, it benefits me with this community. I get my clients from there. Mm. Yeah. That's what I miss the most is getting all my clients. No, I'm just <laughs> well, you know, there, there is a, you know, a lot of people would say that though, is that, yeah. you know, a lot of people, um, whenever I, 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 everything happened for me that really facilitated me to, to start reevaluating things. Um, I met with Jim, um, and one of the things you said was, um, how a lot of churches are more social clubs 
than they are really faith systems. And, and uh, that can be recreated in a lot of different places. And I get why people would miss that. Now I see the falseness of that and the, the organization of pushing. And, and now that I see on the other side, I see that um, I guess I'm a little bit more jaded is when I hear 5,100 families helped. I just don't believe it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't. Yeah, it's the equivalent of saying, like, oh, we've we've saved 10,000 people, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's like. Yeah. <clears throat> those are made-up numbers. Yeah. So. Um, Stephen Wright says that 64.2 of all <laughs> statistics are just made up right on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's another way to ask the question, <laughs> yeah. and, and and you know, Jim, when you asked it, it was the positive. Uh, what about the negative? What what do you not miss about it? Hold on, let me get the other disc out. We need more space. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I mean uh, everything. I mean, yeah. quite quite literally everything. It's uh, the things that that have been listed, you know, it it seems like, like the question that each of us has to ask ourselves is, well, what do you want? I mean, what do you want your life to look like? Yeah. What, what, you know, what, uh, and what, what can I do to make my life look that way? Yeah. You know, let's, let's get together. Let's have, let's have, uh, people we love get together and have a meal, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. It's, you know, coming up on it about a year since that's been possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Getting closer. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, it's, so you know, I miss, I miss our families getting together mm-hmm. like, like we did before yeah. uh, this uh, virus. But, um you know, I, there, there are plenty of things. I, if I'm being honest about my, my involvement in religion, um, it will, it, I had a sincere desire to make a difference in the world. You know, I wanted to impact people's lives. I wanted to go beyond, you know, the, I wanted it to start with the person I happen to be talking to at the moment, but I wanted it to go beyond that and, and, and have a, a, a really good influence on, on the people that I get to love and care for. And, uh, I think that, that, that is more possible now than it was before. You know, I think we get to yeah. decide. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it's just the yeah. Especially, uh, let me cut back, no, cut no, in no, on. Going, my, let me interrupt going. myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially when you, I look back and I see that how harmful what I was doing was yeah. to the world and to people all over, you know? And so this is an opportunity to, to make that right. I mean, I think this conversation, uh, you know, our, our, our listener, you know, can, can gather that, you know, this, this is, this is us trying to make it right again. Yeah. Trying to say, Hey, uh, 
those things that you may be asking yourself, those things that you may be feeling, uh, keep following them. You know, listen to your heart. It, it, if, if you're hearing things that, and viewing things and seeing things that, that just don't feel or look or sound right, uh, you know what? They probably aren't. And so I want to, I want to change this world. You know, Amy and I were, <clears throat> had a discussion the other day about what it felt like to lead church on Sunday. And um, it used to be we would leave church on Sunday and we would go home and just, we would be exhausted. I mean, literally, we would come home and have lunch and just almost collapse and just sleep for a couple hours because it was so emotional and so dramatic and and there were so many things awesome things that were happening that we thought were happening and all that. And, but it was so emotionally draining. Yeah. And, uh, now on Sunday mornings, uh, I go to the gym Yeah. <laughs> and I come out there feeling great, feeling energetic. And, um, and, and so I don't, I don't miss that time. I feel like I've wasted a lot of time. I mean, Jim, you just, you just said you want to change the world and, and change people. And it's like, I think that's the, the thing that, that has really um, impacted me is that what I thought was going to impact the world was not going to impact the world. Positively. It, yeah, it, it's positive. Yeah, exactly. It's that simple, you know, golden rule of saying, you know, do unto others, you know, and, and, and put other people, you know, above ourselves and just helping people when there's a need and you don't have to have the church to do that. And I find myself feeling, honestly, I feel sorry for people that are in that kind of bondage where, you know, you don't you don't have to think that you're a horrible person all the time. Or you don't have to think that I'm only saved by the grace of God. You know, it's it's like um I was taught growing up that we are sinful people and and we're I mean we're sinners, you know, unless we have Jesus then we're we're bound for hell and that's eternal damnation. And now I, I just I just believe that hey we should do what we can to help other people do yeah. do what we can to make other people's life better yeah and uh, and it's not doing that because we think we're going to be sent to hell if we don't it's doing that just simply because we care about other people mm-hmm. I mean it's all it's better for all of us if we lift everybody up and when and not to bring politics into this when I when I look around, um, this is 2021, and I look around and I, I see most of the evangelical leaders supporting a platform that is not about bringing people up. Mm-hmm. It's more about, you know, how do we how do we influence for Christ with really no 
no really concern for the people that are really hurting right now. And I just, I look at that and I go, man, I mean, there's more damage there than there is good. Now, I'm referring to, you know, organized religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think in the synoptic gospels that uh, Jesus boiled it down to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I mean, it doesn't get any more down to earth, one-on-one, you know, in realistic or, um, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a better word, but then that, I mean. It's that's, simple. That's, it's, it's, it's simple and it's, and it's human. Mm-hmm. And, Humanism. Yeah. And it's just, and it, it's, you know. When anytime anybody tried to get him to think that there was some kind of out, he always brought it down to who is your neighbor? Well, okay, then go help, then help them. Love your neighbor as yourself. That was it. You know, and he even said things like hang the entire law on. You guys are all worried about all of this stuff that creates religions. And realistically, at the end of the day, if you want to believe in God, all God really cares about is, is are you, do you, are you taking care of the people around you mm-hmm. and involved in their life? You know, are you putting them before yourself and not controlling them, not controlling them? No, you're not asking them for, you're not trying to get money out of them. You're not trying to get time out of them, you know, to volunteer. You're not trying to, you know, manipulate them into being on your side or your team. And that's all that stuff is just, just goes away. And it's just, uh, the more and more you think about it, the ideas of Jesus are way more compatible with the ideas of getting outside of religion and church and deconstruction and just living life with the people that you're around. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, but you know, I, and I don't know anybody who would disagree with that. The only people who would disagree with that are the people who have some kind of stock or value or something to gain from manipulating and controlling people in some kind of organized religion, um, which is a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah they, uh, they wouldn't disagree with, with the concept yeah. of, of, of love. They just want to define it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. Jesus was all about love. Now let me tell you what love is. Mm-hmm. That's right. It doesn't resemble anything that, that he taught, but yeah, still. That's right. So when, when Bart Ehrman starts talking about, you know, what Jesus actually taught, uh, one of the things he, he writes about is that in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it was more of a apocalyptic um, preacher. Uh, when you get to John, it's... It, that's when he becomes the savior, mm-hmm. and um, which is written much later. Yeah, and so when whenever we think of what we miss and what we don't miss, that's what I don't miss is people taking all four gospels and lumping them into one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's common is to think when Jesus was born, he, you know, he was in the manger and the. Shepherds came and the the Magi came and then he went to Egypt and then he went to the temple. Oh, wait a minute. He didn't, he, there's no way he could do both of those. He would have to go to the temple. And then he went to Nazareth, but in 
Matthew, he actually went to Egypt, and it's that, that's what I don't miss, is the lumping together of the all those stories that are contradictory, uh, and there's no other way to phrase that, they're contradictory, um, and yet um, we lump all that together and we call that truth, and some of that is not truth because they it contradicts each other, yeah. and so... I think there's a great message there from from Jesus. I just don't know that it's a divine message. If you take the Beatitudes, there's some great things in the Beatitudes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't... Um, well, I mean, you know, if you take someone like Bart Ehrman, he didn't claim that Jesus was God until he got to... Until, until you know, until John... Mm-hmm. So Jesus wasn't saying I'm God until John, and so um, I don't miss that. Mm-hmm. I don't miss lumping lumping all that in together and and saying, well, this is the biblical story of Jesus, when in fact that's not what the story is. The story didn't. It's not a straight line. It's a zigzag. If that makes any sense. No, it makes a lot of sense to me. It's hard to it's hard to accept what you just said. If you're if you're if you're not willing to deconstruct the things that you've always been told your entire life, so I could understand where anybody listening to that would have a hard time with that. But but I think you know even back to Jim, your original question. I think what all three of us would do is try to encourage people to say you know encourage people in the fact that everything good that you think comes out of like the things that we miss, you know, every single one of them can be done in normal life outside of outside of religion, you know. Um, Not only can they be done, but they can be done better. Yeah, and they can be done without motive or without mm-hmm. uh, positioning. Which what I mean by that is without somebody trying to manipulate the circumstances to be in a position to take credit for all of, all of that. So when good happens, I'm going to take credit for the good that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I see with pastors is primarily, um, you know, you know, we've organized something that's good and I'm going to be able to say in front of the, uh, the congregation that well, hey, we help fifty one hundred people. I mean, they say that so people will give more money. Yeah, not because that's the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like you can you know loving your neighbor as yourself means a whole lot more if you get outside of the idea of somebody's telling you that you need to love your neighbor as yourself. (laughs) Like that's what you're supposed to do, you know, or else you're disappointing God. So it just, it takes on an entire new meaning. And so I just, I want to encourage anybody who's listening to this to just go, it's safe to deconstruct. It's safe to question. It's safe to, at the end of the day, say, man, I just don't think I know the answers and I just don't even think they're knowable. That's okay. It's safe to be there. Yeah, absolutely. 
thinking about the 5100 i'm just thinking how how often how often the more detailed the story is the more uh, or the less true you know it is yeah why not say <laughs> over 4000 or over 5000 but or it's a gob it's 51 <laughs> bunches of people yeah it's 5100 yeah. it's like okay yeah yeah so we've included yeah yeah people we haven't helped that's always profitable. Yeah. We're going to need to see the census sheet that proved that. <laughs> yeah, let's audit those records and get a pie chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very detailed explanation you're giving there. <laughs> but, but we're getting into, you know, what we, what we like and we don't like. And I, I, I really, what I like um, about where I am now is... The fact that um, truth can be truth. Mm-hmm. I can, I can evaluate facts for myself. I can, I can look at, you know, the Bible and what it really is, and I don't have to be influenced by somebody that has an agenda. And I can read, and and I'm not saying that somebody like a Barterman and doesn't have a, an agenda. He's trying to sell books, but he still brings up valid points. And so I, I need to be impartial. I need to look at that and say, well, well, um, why would I be dogmatic about something that really isn't sure? And and I think that's the concern that I have is being dogmatic about things that, that really we, we don't have a enough evidence to be dogmatic about. And I don't miss that. I don't miss having to die on that hill when I really don't know what the facts are. Yeah. 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 Religious dogmatism is basically a fancy way of saying, I've got to protect and preserve everything that I've been told. And if I want to be in this group. And that's not just Christianity. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, that really spreads to, to Islam, to Mormonism, to Judaism. It's, it's, it's not just a Christian construct. Religion is religion. Yeah. Well, true that. Yeah, and and you know, the you know, I don't know about the, uh, you know, the selling books part. Um, you know, I I I don't want to question anyone's motives. Um, I know that's that's true a lot of times, but you know, there there are there are other times too when when uh, you know what what someone has to say they truly believe makes the world a better place. And, uh, and I think that uh, less religion makes the world a better place. You know, the, the thing that I really think about is that reminds me of conversations that you and I had when I was leaving um, the church that, that we were involved in, that I was involved in. And you continued to say, that it's about love. It's about loving other people. It's about caring for other people. And it's taken a while to deep deprogram myself to think, well, this isn't about a church. It's not about a church agenda. It's not about about this or that. It really is about loving other people and caring about them and, and caring about whether or not they're fed and caring about whether or not they're sleeping under a bridge or caring about whether or not they, you know, they're abused by, 
religious leaders or other leaders, and you continue to say, hey, it's about love. And the farther I, w- I get away from the organized church, the more I, I think that, you know what, Jim, you're right. It really is about love. Mm-hmm. You know, I think where Paul, I think where, I think why Paul didn't say anything about, you know, when you talk about, you know, rewards in heavens or crowns and everything, where Paul, you know, in his later epistles, where I, I, I just think that that was all kind of just wrote in and made up later. Because you, that argument right there completely negates the idea of love. If, if Paul's going, hey, guess what? You need to love others and be obedient to God so that you can get something. You've just negated the entire thing. There's not one ounce of honesty in it anymore. It's worthless. Uh, watch the good place. That's oh, exactly that's, that's yeah. what I thought. We started it. We were on like episode six or yeah. seven. Oh, yeah. Watch okay. all of it, every bit of it, okay. because that yeah that is your motives and why you do what you do is a key to that. Okay. And I was thinking the same thing, Jim, when you said that was, yeah. you know, I, I look at I, I look at what I believed in the past, what I believe now, and. It, and and the more that I really think about it, the more I think the good place is really genius. It it is a genius. I oh, mean, it's man. one of the best. <laughs> I mean, we have theories. Yeah. We're we're not far enough into it, so we have right. theories. Hannah had a great theory that you know El- Eleanor, right? Yeah. Eleanor, yeah. Is, uh, you know that she, you know she finds out you know she's not supposed to be there, and you know, but. Like Hannah had a good point the other night. She goes, "I think we're going to go through, and all the characters are are supposed are going to realize that none of them are supposed to be there." Yeah, but we don't know. That was well, just, just a good guess. I, so, yeah, I, just keep on watching. Keep on watching the series. Yeah. No spoilers, but yeah. um, but what I would say is is that whenever I, I watch a series like that, mm-hmm. and I get to the end of it, and I go, "Wow, that makes so much sense." Yeah, I mean, it's such an when you see that. As opposed to what the Bible, the Quran, or or you know the Book of Mormon presents as the you know as the future, you go, gosh, it's it, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, and it's a TV show that yeah. should tell us something. Oh but, no, we already love it. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah, and we we alluded to that earlier too. It's so so loving people outside of organized religion is uh, you're, you're probably going to have to do without the accolades. <laughs> they're, they're, they're greatly, <laughs> they're greatly diminished. Yeah. And so, but it, but that's uh, definitely a positive. Yeah. Chidi is great. I think his character is brutally honest and uh, his character is great. I mean, like I said, so, we're so only where on six it, episodes. Oh, you got a long way to go. Is there four seasons or five. three? Five, five seasons? Oh, my goodness. In the fifth season, you're like, uh, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my favorite, probably my favorite show of all times, if I, if I was to say, this is my favorite show, if I had to, mm-hmm. if I was on a desert island and I had to watch one show for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. it would probably be Friends. Friends? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we still watch that. Yeah. Uh, we, we probably watch an episode a night. Yeah. And as much as I love Friends, if I want to look at 
what series really um, says something mm-hmm. more than any other series I've ever I've ever watched. It's Good Place. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it, yeah. as far as what the commentary it it has on on um, religion and you know what what is after this, mm-hmm. it's really it's really a genius series. Yeah. But people that follow the Bible and believe the Bible is inerrant should not watch that show. <laughs> no way. No way. Yeah, watch out. You might actually enjoy it. Um, but no, I, we're, we're watching it. But no, Friends Friends is, is one of those... Hannah and I have always said that with Friends, you can't... Every situation in the world, with barring, you know, a nuclear holocaust or, you know, but normal life stuff, just about everything you can think of has somehow referenced in a Friends episode across all 10 seasons. Like, you go, hey, pick one instance in life that happens to people, and I bet you we could reference an instance in one of the Friends episodes. And it's just, it it's an extremely well done show. Yeah, even, you know, the holiday armadillo. Yeah. I mean, it even covers that. The but I think we've, uh, I think, I think, <laughs> oh, Renee, yeah, I think we've, right. I think we've kind of answered it's, this question. The for yeah. Right. Yeah. So. yeah. So, so listener, thanks for tuning in and, uh, join the conversation. Yeah. Like our website, we're on Twitter, we're at Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, what a great time hanging with my friends. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You should probably go out on like doing friends quotes or something. Well, our, our conversation before about the best guitarist, the best guitarist is Nathan's gear.co. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Westbill. If you want to play <laughs> like Eddie Van Halen, Go to nathansgear.co. That's right. Yeah. So if you do get on the social networks, that shows how old I am. Um, social networks. So what's <laughs> who is the greatest guitarist, Eddie Van Halen or Jimmy Page, or is it uh, Jimi Hendrix? Hendrix. Yeah. Or is it Derek Crampton? I don't know who I that is, like, but yeah, there you go. Eric Clapton. It's yeah. just like, you know, that's... Our, our Nathan Westbell. <laughs> yeah. Broom tree. Well, I know which one to answer I'm going with. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Our greatest hope for this podcast is for you to join the conversation. You can do so at that'squestionable.com, that's questionable podcast on Instagram, or that's question a one on Twitter. We look forward to hearing from you. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of those casting the pod.